This is Ecological Adventures, the official podcast of the UF IFAS Department of Wildlife Ecology and Conservation. I'm Rhett Barker. Ecologists go from their own backyards to the edges of the earth in pursuit of knowledge. Dealing with discomfort, sometimes dangerous animals, and unpredictable situations, they're rewarded with adventure and fascinating insights into the workings of the planet's life. Today's guest is Dr. Matt Hallett, a recent graduate here. He works in the Rupununi, a region of Guyana, and studied jaguars for his PhD. What's an unexpected experience you've had because of your work? So I think, um, well, you know, the, the, the people that I work with in the interior of Guyana, so the, the, the region that I work in is called the Rupununi. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the southwestern part of Guyana. And um, so, you know, I think that, that the people that I work with there um, surprise me every time that I'm there. And it's, I, I don't know that it's unexpected because I, as soon as I met, you know, a, a lot of the people in the region, I could quickly see that they were very knowledgeable, very talented, very driven, very capable people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from an outside world perspective, people would underestimate, you know, uh, people who are an indigenous hunter, fisherman, farmer, because they would say, well, they don't have you know, traditional education to a high level, you know, they might not uh, understand or perform well in formal school environment. But, you know, the understanding that these guys have of the natural world surpasses anything that, that I could even, you know, claim to have. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's embarrassing because, you know, you when you're over here, you're presenting all of this knowledge that you've accumulated like it's your own. But in the back of your mind, you're always thinking without these, you know, my collaborators, the people that I work with in Guyana, we wouldn't have never found a single jaguar on a camera trap. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we probably would have gotten lost and died a long time ago. So <laughs> not only do we depend on them to keep us alive and, and keep us from getting lost, but, you know, they're directly responsible for all of the data that we accumulate. So, I mean, that I think has been um, maybe not unexpected, but but the most um, pleasantly surprising part of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to say unexpected, and I'll keep it short because I've already rambled on the oh, on the the, uh, the other part. But um, is lately I, I've been doing some more work at the national level. So mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure that the data that we're collecting gets into, you know, is available for the relevant ministries and policymakers in Guyana. And you know, I I think uh, especially given the the current climate in in the United States, is refreshing when you have people that are really seeking out data to inform their decision making and that they don't care if the data comes from some, you know, a foreign national who's doing research there. I mean, we've tried to, you know, um, reiterate the value of the work that we're doing by by providing lots of training, capacity building, working with the University of Guyana and other places. But, you know, I think it's been unexpected and refreshing that people have valued the data that we're creating enough to ask for access for it, and then and then you know have it available in directing um, policy of, of ministries that are responsible for for protecting and managing protecting the environment, managing species, and then also for policymakers that are driving the decisions at that level. So that's been one of the cooler things I think as of late, which I never anticipated you know yeah. getting it. Even though I started sort of in political science, it wasn't mm-hmm. once I left it, I was ready to leave it behind. Kind of full circle. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
have like a specific story from uh, about where uh, um, some a local knew something and, and um, it worked out better because of that? Yeah, um, many really, but um, so I think one in particular thing. So I have a guy that. Um, I started working with during my master's degree and he's since passed away unfortunately so we you know we've lost a big member of our team but you know we um he had this amazing ability to read the landscape and understand where animals would be even in places that he had never been so like some of the places like the big protected areas and stuff in guyana there are no roads that go into them there's no infrastructure present um and even for large parts of them people don't really even go there you know it's too just too far to go to you know you can get you can have your farm and you can hunt and fish closer to your village so there's no need to go for 100 right. miles you know um and so i remember to i remember talking to him at one point and sort of asking him about how he reads the landscape you know how how can you go to a place where you've never been before but then provide such good advice on where to put cameras based on where animals will be in he said, of course, you know, you look at the tracks and, and you see, you know, where you're seeing animals are walking. You look at the trees and he would know, especially all of the fruiting trees, because he's he was uh, foraging himself. Right. Sure. So, you know, where the fruiting trees are and which ones you can eat. So you can pick up fruits as you're going along or put some in your bag or whatever. Um, and he's a guy who grew up in the forest. So he's, you know, sort of doing that all the time. Um, you know, but I think the most amazing part to me and a part that I've tried to, you know, have been trying to reconcile over the last couple of years is really like the spiritual aspect that, that he was perceiving. So, you know, not, not in a, in a spiritual as in like an organized religion, but, um, you know, I think traditionally people in that region would have seen, uh, a lot of connections in the environment. So like energy between trees and ability for trees to communicate between one another and also animals and, spirits that exist in the environment that are dictating how animals move and how they reproduce and then people's ability to communicate to those spirits and have an understanding so right. there's this whole like metaphysical aspect to what he was viewing and and i wouldn't say that it's something that you know like i've been able to adopt or have an understanding <laughs> of it that's that's not what i mean but you know it, i think it was it was amazing to think that like it was it was like i'm seeing the florist and black and white and he's seeing it in full color right you know I'm only looking at one aspect of what's happening um, and but in his mind he's seeing all of these different connections and ironically like some of those things have been proven by or, or shown by scientific you know experiments since then like we know that that plants communicate with one another through nutrient cycles and energy and these kinds of things and indigenous people have been saying this for millennia right and for most of history people were sort of laughing it off like trees can't talk to each other like look at it you know what are you talking about and so you know it's I think it's amazing it's amazing to me and it's one of the most interesting and, and I think rich parts of, of working in a place like the community is that you know you have this traditional understanding of how things work and even though you know it may not appear in your method section when you're writing up your dissertation or submitting a, uh, an article for a journal um, but you lean on that knowledge and and whether you know whether I like to admit it or not that stuff ends up in the project because the people that are, are working with me we're all working together to try to understand you know 
know, how animals are using space and resources and how our activities are affecting them. And, and they're leaning on those traditional beliefs that form, you know, their understanding of the world too. So, you know, I think that's <clears throat> one of the, and there were many times where, you know, I've learned, um, learned lessons and pulled knowledge from, from that kind of understanding that has helped with informing how the research goes. Thanks to Dr. Hallett for sitting down with us. To learn more about the Wildlife Department or about the work Dr. Hallett and his colleagues are doing, check out the links in the description. Today's music was provided by Dr. Turtle. You can find a link to his work in the description as well. Thanks for listening.